0: Hello everyone. Welcome to the Soulful Veda show. It's Angelica here. And before we get into today's episode, I want to talk a little bit about kappa season. So, we are in the thick of kappa season, which is identified by more of the earth and water elements, meaning feeling more dense and heavy and when out of balance, we can feel stuck, maybe accumulating more weight, more of that earth element and maybe Even experiencing some of these denser emotions like guilt and depression and sadness, these are all things that can happen during the wintertime because we are often a reflection of nature. And if we don't have the knowledge, this beautiful science of Ayurveda to tell us to bring in the opposite elements, it's easy for us to have diseases or imbalances come up. So I wanted to share just some of our favorite fun techniques that Rachel and I have been doing to get things moving, feeling refreshed and inspired and creative during the Kappa time of year. So if you are feeling this heavy and denseness the best way to combat it is to bring in the elements of fire air and ether that creativity that passion and inspiration movement that we all want into our lives so something that i have loved doing around this time of year is running i love that movement and there's so much breath work that happens when we run working out a sweat it just feels so revitalizing and Immediately, you know, sometimes I wake up and I feel that low and that winter coldness and wanting to stay in my bed. If I have a really rigorous movement practice, like going for a run, it feels so rejuvenating. And I've also liked getting back into hot yoga, something that I have loved and I used to teach all the time. Rachel and I used to teach it all the time. And it's been really fun to find a local studio here in LA and start to take class again for Rachel. Rachel has really loved tapping into her creativity and seeing what really inspires her and her favorite practice to do is morning pages. So that's where you wake up in the morning and you just start free writing on whatever is coming forward and whatever thoughts that you have. It's sparked a lot of creative articles that she's been writing. Some of them we've been posting on our blog. You can go check those out. And I think that that's such a perfect practice to spark your creativity and to get in that flow state because even if you don't consider yourself a writer we all are creative beings and whatever our medium our outlet is of how our creativity wants to express ourselves, it's important that we have tools and techniques to support us so that we can express it and it can come through us and then life flows just a lot more easier when we are in the creative flow. And the final thing that both Rachel and I have been doing to balance our Kappa this season is by using the study of Vastu. So we actually had an absolute expert on the podcast talking about Vastu, which is a Vedic science. Basically it's Feng Shui, but Ayurveda and yoga way. And it's actually dates back earlier to Feng Shui, which is really cool. So if you check out episode 83, Michael Mastro from Vastu Creations gives us so many practical tools of how we can change the energy in our home. And Rachel and I have been doing this. We just started to rearrange a couple of things and how we can bring the elements more into balance into our homes. And we're going to keep you updated on how that's going. But we just started doing that this week. And how this is a cup of pacifying ritual is because clearing our space and finding more harmony in our environments of course is always going to be Ayurvedic aligned, but specifically clearing our spaces of clutter and things that we don't need anymore uh, really helps to relieve a lot of that kappa energy when we can feel really stuck and dense. So those are just some of the -the off-the-cuff kappa practices that we've been taking on. And if you want way more detail and how you can feel really balanced in your body, mind, and soul with this kappa season, if you're really feeling it, we have our blog post in the show notes so that you can have more rituals and practices to take on. And we'd love to hear how they're feeling in your body. So you can always just direct message us on Instagram at soulfulveda, two L's in full. And I promise we actually respond to every single message that we get. So we want to know how these kappa pacifying practices feel for you. Okay. Now into today's episode with Sheila. Sheila is a psychic medium and you know, Rachel and I love spirituality so much and talking about these topics of angels and spirit guides. And that's what this conversation is all about. We talk about Sheila's experience in being in the corporate world and what led her to be in a psychic medium. I mean, you think like two total opposite ends of the spectrum, but what's really beautiful about her story is how the two kind of come together. And now she leads uh, corporations and teaches them some of the skills that she uses as a medium. And she teaches leaders in these corporations and how they can use their intuition and helping to guide their teams. And it's really cool to see how she is integrating this into her practice. We also go deep into spirit guides and angels and what this all means and how you can connect to your spirit guides. I think that's something that a lot of us always question and ask, who are my spirit guides? How do I actually talk with them? I want to be having more communication with them. And she gives us really practical tools to break all of this down. And finally, uh, just one more aspect about her story that I love was the courage that she had to actually break out of her shell, break out of her comfort zone of having a steady paycheck in the corporate world and being a medium, something that a lot of people don't accept a position. And I think this can relate to a lot of our people in our audience who are solopreneurs or aspiring solopreneurs, that it is possible to go after what you want and that it just takes a ton of courage, takes a lot of that third chakra activation to really step into your power. And I think that this message is so timely. We've talked about stepping into your power with the Leo full moon last week, and it's just going to keep coming up for all of you. So take this as another sign that it's your time to shine. Lightworkers. All right, if you love this episode or love our podcast, please comment, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you love it even more, share with a friend or family member who can really benefit from this knowledge and be able to change their life as well. That's what this is all about. All right, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Welcome to Soulful Veda's podcast. We are Ayurvedic health coaches that heal and balances in the mind, body, and spirit. We are here to guide you on your healing journey with soulful wisdom and higher intuition. You are your best healer and your moment to connect your highest self
1: is now. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Soulful Veda show. I'm so excited to have Sheila V with us here today. She's an author and psychic medium. And thank you for being here.
2: It's a pleasure to be here, Rachel Angelica. I love connecting with my North American
1: community and I uh, knew and ladies are such soulful ladies. And we love listening to your accent. I'm excited to listen to it for a full hour. So this will be fantastic. And the first question that we love to ask all of our guests was, when is the first time that you ever felt something on the spiritual or the soul level in your life?
2: For me, it was in my childhood and a lot of the clients and students I teach, we have these experiences in our childhood and then we shut them down and forget about it. So more formal experiences happen later in life. So for me, I remember as a very young child, the age of three years old, seeing spirit for the first time and feeling inconsolable. And I remember crying. And the reason why I remember that memory is because both my parents held my hand and walked me around the house. And they've never both held my hand at the same time. That's why I thought it was really odd. Um, So I definitely saw spirit. Um, when I was 12 years old I had sort of my first bout of depression and I remember wanting to leave and starting to connect to the other side and I feel like as children when we have spiritual experiences as young children we don't realize it's ex- spiritual we just think it's normal and it is normal and then so they're my first sort of two times when I connected to the other side and then I had my awakening sort of eight, nine years ago in a workshop where I could see, sense, feel, and perceive spirits around me and around people I was reading for. And it was like all of these years, these timelines collapsed into that one moment. And I was like, ah, I've arrived. I'm meant to do this kind of work being a medium. So yeah, definitely as a young child.
1: Yeah. And is there anyone in your family who had this gift before you, or are you the first that you, you know of and have used it? no it
2: absolutely runs through the family line and so often it does when i read for clients it might skip a generation so it gets a bit confusing you think oh no one has the gifts however i'll feel a relative come through saying they have the gifts so i have an unusual family my parents had an arranged marriage um sri lankan by um by origin and so my dad is now a retired doctor and he had arranged marriage to my mother and my mother's very psychic with many of the intuitive gifts that i inherited. And um, so they had an arranged marriage and produced a a woman like me, who I was a corporate executive. I was a finance director. And then I also had these psychic mediumship gifts. And I think a lot of women these days and men are having awakenings in their corporate jobs and not sort of understanding where it comes from. So my mother and my grandmother and my cousins, uh, we have we have the gifts and abilities, I call it, because you can develop them. Into really to help transform people's lives. Um, and in my childhood, my mother would speak about our dreams. So she would have premonitions in her dreams. And we would wake up in the morning and we'd say, What did you dream of? And even now, with my partner, uh, when we wake up, I said, What did you dream? <laughs> so from a child, from my childhood, very young age, it was really common for us to speak um, privately in the family about the mystical.
0: I'm so curious to hear what was that transition like from the finance world um, into mediumship?
2: Look, it was it was challenging, you know, I think in this day and age and, you know, post COVID, so many people have had spiritual awakenings in the last two years. So it's not that weird to meditate and to read spiritual books or to say you're going through an awakening. Like People get it. Uh, when I had my awakening all those years ago, I felt really lost and confused. I still think you feel lost and confused. Yeah. I felt really lost and confused. And I was thinking, oh, my God, what do I do? I'm meant to do this spiritual work. I'm meant to be healer. This is my life purpose. Yet I have this career where uh, that I've, I earn a lot of money in and there's a lot of status. And I've done an MBA and I'm meant to, like, climb this corporate ladder. And so in my book, Brave, I talk about, um, you know, what is purpose? And quite often when I mentor women, I say don't make any sudden changes. Like you are probably going to do your soul work alongside your other job and your life for a while because it takes a while to figure out how to navigate both worlds until you properly blend them and then you, then you make the next big transition. So when I first had my awakening, the, the, the several things that I struggled with, which some of your listeners might is I didn't want to tell anyone because I thought people would think, you know, I was weird. And in the first chapter of my book, Brave, I talk about um, how, and even people from that time that knew me in the corporate world, they say, we didn't know this about you, Sheila, because I kept it very secret. So you might be fearful to talk about this with people. I was, and I didn't want anyone to think I was weird, all this credibility and my Reply to that is yes. Speak up about it. The second thing is, is I wasn't sure. Like I feel like as psychic women, we know we know our bigger dharma, and I got really overwhelmed that I had to leave my job and write a book and start this business. And I had a feeling and a knowing. My clear cognizant was like, I know I'm going to do this, and I got really overwhelmed. So I found a spiritual teacher and a mentor really fast to help me navigate just start doing readings, just start doing the psychic fairs. You know, she got me on psychic TV. Like it was babe, a lot of baby steps, many, many baby steps. And so in the corporate world, I was overwhelmed because I was thinking, how do you do this new job in this new career? And at the same time, Barry, the third big thing was how do I tell my family? Because, you know, we'll do anything to belong and to not be abandoned by our family. And that means selling out on our own dreams the thing is, when you have your psychic awakening, your spiritual awakening, I feel like it's one big time in your life where you stop selling out and you start to honor yourself. And that can be quite difficult because you fi- you might feel alone because you might need to take a break from your family or from your friends or from whoever the group you're spending time with. your drinking buddies. You might not want to drink as much. And you might find yourself alone and and in one of my chapters in my book, I I talk about soul tribes and you need to find your tribe. You have to find your people and they're probably going to be new people. And so when I was in the corporate world, I was like, I need new people. So I became friends with all these like psychic mediums. Back then we didn't have podcasts and, um, you know, Zoom wasn't a big thing. So I used to drive an hour uh, once a week and sit in my development circle. And we used to do all kind of witchy, psychic things together. And I loved it. These ladies, some of these ladies are still my good friends because of what we went through when we all had our corporate jobs.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting that so many people, like you said, are coming to this awakening now. And there's also the birth of a lot of new businesses. So people kind of having that awakening and then making that leap. I'm really curious in the future, you see more of the spirituality being intertwined just in the corporate world. I know I've heard you before talk about you have like crystals on your desk and like you're sort of bringing that in slowly. Or do you think that this is going to give rise to entrepreneurship and people really finding their dharma through their own businesses and through smaller business? Like, how do you see it playing out?
2: I see it playing out in so many different ways. That's a really great question, Rachel, and, and really great insight. I see a lot of women having side hustles and I wouldn't call it a side hustle, like a business where you're working your life, where you're serving through your gifts. And to the women out there, if you're listening, if you don't do it, it's going to niggle at you forever. So just (laughs) find a mentor, a coach, a teacher. I teach this myself. Find your group and just start taking the baby steps to start serving. We have delusions of it looking a certain way, a fantasy, you know, sometimes of being famous or Reaching a load of people, if you take care of your little group you're serving, that group will get bigger and bigger and bigger. Because you need to power up, you need to strengthen your, your own auric field as a light worker. If not, you'll burn out and get drained. And you've got to start learning to handle a lot more energy around you and getting sovereign around your own energy field. And so oh, I've just lost my way in the question. <laughs> you said, what, what what do I what do I think is going to happen? I think a lot of People are going to start businesses to work their light. I think the corporate world is so ready for spirituality. They really are. I think they're confused when they hear it, but they're ready for it. You know, I've started to work with corporations and I've been signed as a keynote speaker with a big uh, keynote speaking agency in Australia and I'd like to speak in the US and Canada Um, because we're kind of over presentation skills and how do you manage your time? We're so evolved, our consciousness. People are hungry for give me meaning after I've been through my dark night. I've lost my job. I'm going through death or divorce. Like, How do I thrive? How do I transition? How do I play a bigger game in the world? So I think a lot of people working their light are going to have doors open in the corporate world. And they're probably going to run little workshops, do little talks. And they're going to meet a lot, serve a lot more people because we've got to really get real that a lot of people work in the corporate world. Like most of the world works in corporate because we need people to generate a a, a level of function in the world. Like that's a scientific economics. Um, And so we need people that have had the awakening to assist those in the corporate world to how to navigate that system. I think there's going to be a real melding. What do you guys think?
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that it's very true that especially when we're sensitive to our psychic gifts and clear cognizant, I know that has been a blessing a occurs sometimes with our business because we could see where we want it to be. And we think that the next step is getting there, but really we're just seeing the bigger vision. And like you said, taking those small steps is how you flex the muscle. It's how you're able to continuously do your own inner work while you're doing that. So you build that strong auric field and you can handle your nervous system can handle everything that's about to come. So I love that piece. I think that's super key for our audience because a lot of them are healers to be or healers in the making. And I agree. I think it's, it has to be both of bringing spirituality in the business setting that doesn't feel intimidating, but that inch of maybe not even calling it spirituality, but Um, Connecting in a way that feels really fruitful for the team. And I, Rachel and I talk about this a lot. I think it really starts with leadership and how that can also trickle down into the employees. So I'm curious do you work with leaders and CEOs of businesses, or how, where do you find it's most fruitful to do your work when you're working in? You know, something
2: I I love working with all groups, you know, and and quite often you have your awakening in, in your job and you wonder why. It now makes sense to me that I'm going back to corporates and doing trainership on brave leadership. My book's called Brave. Brave leadership is about being vulnerable, being brave in you're vulnerable, learning to be imperfect, learning to use your intuition, you know, learning to um, talk about mediumship in the corporate context and be okay with who you are, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be mediumship. Just to honour yourself within a corporate context can actually be quite exciting because people will look at you and go, wow, Angelica, you're so interesting. You're amazing at marketing. And you do this, you've got this amazing spiritual nature about you. Tell me more. Right. So I feel like with my clients, I like work, I love working with my mentor program. I'm launching a subscription program um, later in the year with a lot more access to my content, but I'm also gonna be doing lives and I love doing the live psychic readings. I do them. Um, eight o'clock every Tuesday morning, Sydney time. So I love doing the psychic work and I love doing spontaneous readings. I love running women's circles. I love running retreats. Um, And also with the corporate world, I love kind of going into like a company and uh, people, I love surprising people with something so refreshing and different because they're like, wow, this is so different. Um, So, you know, if to some advice for women running their businesses, you're going to have to find different ways to make an income, to work your light, you, you know, for, for the people that need you. So don't get too wedded to it looking a certain way. And I'm very lucky. I think my MBA and my corporate executive skills really translated into me running my own light worker business. I use a lot of the practices and principles. And, you know, I have a 3 strategy, which I did in corporate land when I was working for Simon & Schuster. It's a big company, big publishing house in the US, I worked for them, and then when I came into my business, I thought, "What's my three-year plan?" So i you know, what's my budget? You know, what's my what's my marketing strategy? Like, I do use those tools because um, as live workers, we love our modality, like we love our zone of genius and what we're good at and what our what's our purpose, and so. You're going to have to spend some time, I find, I'm, I'm talking about running a business now, and I hope this helps your listenership, but we've got to find some time to do the stuff that we're not as good at or we don't like. And I've outsourced things that I'm, I don't feel like I want to do so I can concentrate on client work, on my healing work, on my mentoring. And, you know, we've got to play a long game. Like You guys have been doing this for a while. And, you know, I, I really believe six, one of my good friends, Bella, she says, success comes from not quitting. And she wrote a book years ago and I said, how did it feel getting to the end? And she goes, I'm so glad I didn't quit. And when I wrote my book, Brave and got it published, and it's coming out in French. It's coming out, actually it's being translated into French um, next month and published in France by Hachette. I look at like how many times I wanted to quit because writing a book, I don't know if you guys have set out, is so much work and it's so rewarding and I think it's the biggest self-healing journey you can go on when you write a book because you write the book for yourself you write the one that you need to heal yourself or that version of you 10 years ago needs Um, and and that's why I think a soul tribe and a mentor around you is so important because you're going to want to quit many times over it's going to get hard but remember running a business is the biggest self-development program you can do
1: yeah
0: <laughs>
2: So you signed up for self-development we just don't realize that when oh we're no
0: did not know at all <laughs> no this
2: podcast I bet you guys have learned a thing or two about yourself and each other and about your growth you know and as you listen to more people speak their wisdom becomes your wisdom so you're like wow I'm getting so many benefits and the byproduct is that your light is shining in the world so
1: yeah that's the- and just to add to the corporate thing I think You know, the name of the game now is just that innovation. And so there's where in the information age, you can find anything. And so a real skill is being intuitive because that's where the downloads and new insights, new ideas are going to come from. So the more that the execs can hone in that skill and to learn to listen to their gut and to do things differently rather than just regurgitating things, then it's going to change the landscape of Fortune 500 companies as well. Right. And and in a good way. So not anything needs to be terrifying for them, but like this is a good thing to have more innovation and creativity. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want to segue now and talk about, uh, the fun stuff. So we want to know like what, what mediumship looks like from the other side behind the scenes. So what kind of light beings do you work with spirit guides or like, what is it like, if you were to pull back the curtain, what's the experience like for you? Oh
2: gosh. I had the curtain pulled back in an ayahuasca ceremony. I asked to see the other (laughs) side. So I feel like I actually have seen the other side and in my work, I see the other side all day. Um, There's different dimensions that we tap into. And when we tap into the dimension where our past over relatives sit, it's actually quite a dense realm. It's lower frequency. And when I pull through the energy, it does feel heavier in my body. So when I wrote my book, Brave, I actually worked with 12 different spirit guide groups. And you can feel a group differently to an individual. You can feel a consciousness. It feels more expansive, like a cloud. Um, You might just see it as light so i've definitely worked with different light beings from different um you know different solar systems different star systems different star seeds and um what i teach is you know we all have guides around us spirit guides and we have a master guide that's working with us for our whole life so my master guide has a strong energy and a very familiar energy in my field so To all your listeners, you should know, and I don't use the word should, but I invite you to know who your master guide is because when you become a medium and I I teach this in my awakening course, um, you need to be able to know when an energy isn't yours. And how do you know when an energy isn't yours? You know it because you know your own energy and you know your own spirit guide teams. And so that's how I work as a medium is if I was doing a reading for you, Rachel, um, or you, Angelica, I'd feel your energy and who's around you. And then Rachel, I'd say, I've got a male on the, your right side connected to your father or grandfather, right? And I feel like this. Mo- they moved around the country and were connected to agriculture. So I see an energy in my clairvoyant, in my third eye. Then I use my psychic line of questioning to go, who are they? And then you get trained as a psychic medium to go, you know, right is always male, left is female, or it might be the reverse for you. And then I start to ask questions because they're around and I know they're not my spirit team, so I can feel they're yours. So with my own team, I have all sorts of guides I work with. I work with my writing guides to channel through, you know, um, the, the White brother, the Brotherhood of the Light, Merlin, Conrad, Mary Magdalene Energy. I didn't actually, I didn't actually write the names of the guides in the back of this book, but my my publisher wants me to do another book. And I think I definitely will write the names of the guides in the back. So it's such an honoring of the energies I work with. And I channeled through what each guide did for the book. Like one was we're creating humor. The other is we're linking stories. I couldn't believe how detailed when I sat and spoke to the guides, what they were each telling me. So I worked with the guides to write the book. Um, as a, as a healer, I also work with protection guys, tickling my nose. I work with a protection guide, um, to protect me from dark energies coming in. Right. So I kind of line them up or we'll see them like the game of Thrones. I'll actually have an army in front of me and I'll say, mm. you decide who is of the light and only of the light of the light, the light can get through to me. So I work with those types of guides. When I'm ascending and I do more medicines or deepen my meditation practice or want to lift my vibration to go into new spaces to bring through more spiritual knowledge, um, I'll tend to invite in newer high vibrational light guides, but you have to lift your vibration to bring in and work with high guides. So as you guys have lifted your vibration, you've worked with more and more light beings. Totally. Yeah, and and which is exciting and the more light beings you work with, that light beings tend to be around us to, to literally impart spiritual, esoteric, metaphysic knowledge. And yeah. you literally start to spontaneous know things. Or there'll be a book that you didn't want to read that you bought five years ago. You're like, I'm ready to read that book because like yes. the consciousness is ready to invite in the knowledge. So it's a sign when you start to get a new teacher or you read new books or you have a passion to study a new modality that there's a new group of guides. There tends to be a group working with you and they're trying to lift you so that you can start to work in different ways. So I'm, uh, you know, and I teach this. I feel like you've got to be very curious when you're a psychic medium, working interdimensionally as a medium. You have to ask a lot of questions. Where are you from? how are you working with me? Why are you working with me? So I, you know, every morning I have a practice, well, not every morning, but quite often like at least once or twice a week, I'll sit with my guys and I'll talk and I'll write answers from them. Right. So there's the guide you're working with. And also there's the psychic senses. How are you receiving it? See so it's very good to do a course or study how you receive it clairvoyantly audience. I have very good audience. I hear it's got activated at one point in time. Sentient and cognizance very strong. I just know, I know there's a holiday around the corner from one of you guys. I can feel it. as a holiday. There's a break that's needed, right? So you tune into the energy and you go, bang, it feels strong. It feels like yes, right? And, it, and, I, and I teach it to hit your body. So you tend to feel it in your stomach or your heart and you know clear cognizance working because if you go the opposite way and you say you're not going on a holiday, that feels wrong. You are like that, that kind of energy. So when you tune into something, the way you test cognizance, it's a bit like muscle testing. You, you say the opposite statement and you can feel the no in your body. Mm. So I've gone so off track, but <laughs> I can talk about this to the cows come home. Many guides, many masters. And I work with, um and I work with, you know, obviously the client's guides. And that's why I teach my students. You've got to understand how to connect with the client's guides and speaks to help the clients there's so many people come to you for a reading and they want to know who the guides are around them and who their ancestors are and so mm-hmm. we've as a medium we've got to vibrationally you know um extend a heart cord out to hook into their sort of field and and, and then channel through um the information coming from their aura and then the guides so it's quite complex how we work yet quite spontaneous at the same time you know you're both nodding like you guys obviously are mediums you obviously channel and you just know what it feels like spontaneously just to have this information come to you
0: yeah it's so cool how you talk about it so intricately but it happens all instantaneously like all at the same time like you're saying but it really does take that delegation of understanding how the distinguishment between your own energy your guides um, that just yeah, it just helps you to evolve your experience with it all. I'm curious what kind of star systems you do. You, is like a certain star family you like to channel from or do you kind of hop around? I hop around, I think,
2: because I've lived on so many different star systems. And I mm. think in working, in writing, I think when you write a book, maybe do podcasts, you work with so many other light beings that you start to get familiar with their with their energy. So Palladians, you know, Beta Centauri, Sirian, um and then you know something ladies I feel like I'm channeling from star systems we don't have names for mm. so I feel like and I'm excited I'm hoping somebody writes a book in the next couple of years with all these new star systems oh, cool. someone channels through something someone gets brave <laughs> read my book brave, get brave <laughs> and you're going to just download all of this information it might come through a plant medicine ceremony right mm. and then you might build on it after that's what I, I get a sense. And you know, you because somebody had to once channel through Palladian energy and call it Palladian. Totally. Now it's so common, but some that there was one person that did it once first, and then it's opened us up now to all rec- have a signature recognition of Palladian energy. So, somebody needs to be brave enough to do to channel through. Um, I feel like there's at least 10 more out there, I'm getting 10 that people don't know the names of that we're all channeling from. Right. So, and I've been told by an Akashic reader years ago that I, I I channel from a very far away star seed system that was demolished very early on Mm. in the intergalactic wars. And it was a pure love vibration. Mm. So I feel like I emanate just a lot of just pure love and I'm your listeners might, um, might understand this. Sometimes I feel like being on earth's really hard. I'm like, this is a tough dimension. It's tough. I feel like I'm a young earth soul, but an old soul interdimensionally. And sometimes navigating earth feels hard. And there might be evidence of that in your astrology because you might be placed with a lot of water or a lot of challenging placements in your chart where you came here to have a lot of human earth experiences to grow. That's what I feel. But my esoteric and spiritual wisdom is quite advanced. Yeah, you know, by my earth experience, at, at times can feel quite challenging. And that's kind of a sign of an older soul that is a teacher. So, if there's any women or men listening to this and you're having that experience, uh, my counsel is to figure out how you can bring through the esoteric knowledge from faraway star systems, but find an, an earthly business way to make it happen. Like, find a practical way so that you're not struggling to navigate human life. Does that make sense to you, ladies? Do you have that experience?
1: Yeah, definitely. And well, my, mine's kind of going back, so I didn't want to take us off track, but I was fascinated by master guide, master teacher, because I'm curious if for most people, that's like an ancestor, if that's a certain level of consciousness, or is it different for everyone? You just have someone who signed up to like live this life with you in a different dimension.
2: Yeah. You've signed up for someone to live, to, to, to follow you from from conception through to death. Um, and they're always from a higher vibration right, that they're here to, to lift your vibration up. Um, then, then they're not an ancestor that you knew when you're alive because they're with you from conception through the death. So they could be part of your ancestor team for sure. Um, uh, the, the big markers is, is um, they're here to help make sure that you fulfil your soul contract. And their soul contract is probably entwined with your soul contract. They, they've got a soul contract as well as you. Just, you don't have, it's not just earthlings that have soul contracts. All consciousness have a level of contract for the soul for that experience. So your contracts might be similar. And the, as you learn on earth, they're learning too. And the master guide, the, I feel like one of the hallmarks of the awakening process is to meet your master guide. And most of my students in the awakening program, when I interview them and chat to them before they come in, they all say, yes, I'm aware of guides. Like that's the I'm aware of them. I don't know who they are or I think there are guides. I just wish I knew who they were. So it's one of those kind of first steps after you've had the big awakening, this feeling of I want to connect with my guide and And then then it can be quite emotional when you connect with your master guide because there is this recognition of their energy because they've been around you since you were born, like since your birth, right, since conception. So there's a feeling of you've known their energy the whole way along. And there's also a feeling I find of not feeling alone anymore. You're like, oh, I'm not alone. I've got people in the world, right? Because by then you might have had trauma and quite often psychic mediums most commonly have trauma. I've yet to see a case. I've yet to see a student not have some level of pretty significant hardship as a child, more than average. It's one of the hallmarks of the awakening process that the soul can handle more as a child, and it does connect your soul to, to deeper wisdom earlier on, right? You can have an awakening later, a death. I, I know of people who have had death of their partners, their true soulmate early in life. That's another hallmark, death of parents early these are things that awaken you to the other side because you're yearning to know. So yeah, the, the master guides with you the whole, the whole way it's just about connecting and channeling from them. Are you guys connected to your God? Obviously you are connected to your master guides and.
0: Well, that's interesting. You say master guide, because I know I have a guide that's very strong for me that I is with me for a lot a lot and i've been in for a lot of lifetimes but i never specifically said master guide so i'm curious to kind of dive into that more how about you rage
1: yeah i i feel like the biggest guide for me is my grandpa which is why i thought it was interesting that you said they've been there since conception he died when i was really little a year and a half but yeah. um it must not be him so it's interesting i just kind of put that energy to him but perhaps it's it's another form so I'm curious to dive into this deeper after this conversation, because now my, my interest has peaked. I'm like, well, who is it?
2: <laughs> well, let me help you as well with that, because I have my master guide, but my ancestors, my grandparents who died after I was born, um, they're around me a lot and I I work with them a lot. So your master guide might actually step back, big, strong energy, and just to let the guides that you want to work with, the frequency you understand and know to step forward, so it's like being a CEO, right? And then you let the team around you. So, so you're obviously very familiar with your grandfather's energy. It feels really knowing. So that guide they're working together. So quite often I'll have a, a master guide step in with an ancestor. Right? So you might you don't have to use your ancestor guide. They're working with you. They they're kind of the knowing. And then when you're awakened, you're like, "Oh, how do I work with you?" All right? So that's kind of how I would explain guides. Um you're more we're more in charge than we realize and um and and angelica i guess to share with you if you're going through massive spiritual growth you'll constantly have new guides step in and out Mm -hmm. so the master guide steps back and then you might work with new guides that feel more stronger so the master's always there but you'll be working with new guides Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and so sometimes i'm more focused on the new guides than i am the master guide
0: Totally. I'm yeah. The-
2: like, yeah. And they might feel stronger in that moment. The master's still there. They just step back. Sometimes I feel them just step back. They don't go though.
0: Yeah, that, that's helpful. I think it's really interesting that you bring out trauma and how that really is the awakening for a lot of empaths because they need to attune to that frequency of sensitivity and being able to uh, connect with the unseen world. And I'm curious, you know, do you really see that that trauma sometimes is is not by accident, is that that's karmic, so that they can almost instigate their process and becoming an empath and becoming more sensitive to others' energies? Or do you feel like sometimes people fall into that trauma, but that's not necessarily the next phase of the life that they're gonna go into?
2: I feel like there's a lot of dharma and destiny at play in our lives, and there's a lot of free will as well. So free will is where our soul lessons and growth happen. Mm-hmm. and the dharma and karma is the universe's way of assisting us through those points mm-hmm. so i feel like a lot of my like in, that's why i say lean into your astrology your numerology totally. your human design if you're open to that um i love astrology i'm a purist so in my chart there was a lot of trauma and challenges in my childhood before in my first 20 years and on some level i think well i couldn't really run from that that was you, you know what I had to go through and then in my chart it said from 40 onwards things have become a lot easier and they have and on some ways that's with a flourishing with the gifts so the, the the gift is in the wound right so I feel like we're here and we're meant to make sense of the trauma and you know we'll lean into the healing until we've get we've got to a certain level of healing where we're our cup's so full we can start now giving out um, but I do say this to my students, the healing's eternal. Like I, I'm, co- I'm I'm constantly going through more and more evolution. It just, it never stops. You don't ever arrive, arrive at a final point. It's constant evolution. And that's why you need to have teachers that are kind of growing, that you can grow with as well. Um, because the psychic is one level of consciousness that's definitely it's, it's high vibration and high consciousness because you start to get a sense of this energies around us that and there's something invisible we can't see. But the highest state now and I, I teach this in sort of my mentor program is the being and who we are that drives our co-creation versus a psychic and a medium telling us. And I love this work as a psychic medium because I can read the auric field and the Dharma lines that you created based on your thoughts and impressions up till now. So someone could read my auric field and tell me what the next three months, six months hold. But if I work as a co-creator and change my state thoughts and my visualisations, I can change my destiny where there is free will in operation. Mm -hmm. If things are meant to happen and my soul has asked for lessons in that, that we can't run from. Right. But that's not to be feared. That's to we have gratitude for that, because when I've gone through really challenging times in my life, I look back and I go, wow, look at the vastness of my soul that I could handle that. So if anyone is going through a big trauma, I would love you to take on the mantra for yourself to say to yourself, wow, look at the vastness of my soul that I that I knew I could shoot that I chose that I could handle that. That's what a that's that's where we, we want to go as soul, soulful spiritual women and men that we can recognize our vastness, even if our life is, is a bit messy because it's a trauma we've been through.
1: Yeah, and as you say this, I kind of had an aha where I think the older the soul, like we come here to experience things and learn lessons, and the older your soul, the more they want to experience. And so it kind of reminds you of like the darker the night then the brighter the sun. And so we experience that, that trauma so that we can come over here to the other end of the spectrum and feel that light and be that light worker, experience that joy. So I think that's really beautiful. Um, and I also want to ask about the evolution of your soul once you are on the other side. So are you evolving because you're helping humans or are you evolving because of things that are happening on like astral plane or like what's happening as far as evolution once you are no longer in a body?
2: I think it's all of that. I think I think Rachel. I think you're you're saying what what you're speaking to is the truth. I think you might have a soul contract to come and 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 help other earthlings awaken and 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 other people in your soul group, right? There's soul contracts within the group, and you guys are obviously in a group together. You know, you know who your group is because they feel very family, familiar, um, on path together. So you might have a contract to come back and do that your soul might want to go off and learn more, you know, have more experiences interdimensionally, you know, we're fractals of light. So on some level we're always returning back to source energy. And within that, there's just a, we, we, I feel like we're constantly having these experiences to remember, to remember we're divine. So we're, we're, we're choosing something where we forget we're divine to remember. And there's some there's some level of polarity that we're always meant to experience, like the unawake to the awake. We hear, we come in. I mean, you guys think about your lives. How how much how lack of divinity was there at a point? How disconnected were you from source? How angry were you with the universe? How like crap was life? <laughs> and then you're awakening. And even though life's hard, you, you are now like I am divine. I'm connected to source. So I think that's our part to constantly remember that we're divine and connected to source. And even once you're awake and aware to that, I have moments. I don't forget it, but I have moments where I feel disconnected, right? And my job and I teach, whatever I teach, I do myself. That's the way the teachers, you guys get this. When people say they want to become a coach or a mentor or a spiritual teacher, I say, really? Are you sure? Because <laughs> you are going to be held to so much integrity in your own life. Whatever you teach, you have to live it. There is... No room for a lack of integrity. So when I feel disconnected from source, I have to come back to my own principles and practices. Connecting to the ocean, I live literally, I've manifested living a three-minute walk from a beach in Sydney, which it's a bit like living on a beach in somewhere in America where it's really hard to, like Malibu maybe. <laughs> and I manifested it. And so, you know, most days I will connect to the ocean. It's my spiritual practice. And when I forget it, I pay a price, you
0: know, Definitely. so, yeah. Yeah, we love connecting with the elements as well. I feel like, you know, we're Ayurvedic practitioners, so that is just in our blood, in our soul. I am curious, do you find that the working with the elements has its own type of energy? And how does this energy feel different for you versus channeling light beings?
2: Yeah, you know, when you're working with the energy of Mother Earth, the ocean, you know, the elements, you're you're essentially going back to, I feel like, the oneness vibration. And there is a, there is a rest, restoration, a restorative and a healing that happens. And if you're in the corporate world and you're, we're all in houses and rooms, right, doing this work, not in a natural state, I feel like there's a healing that happens. And then once I connect back to the elements, the channeling of light beings is much easier because when we channel, the crown opens, right? It's the crown is the vessel like think of a colander on your head it's a channel like to bring in the wisdom and you need deep roots the deeper the roots the bigger the crown so unless you're connected to earth to anchor in that energy flowing through your body you'll feel overwhelmed like you feel you know i get psychic overwhelmed sometimes i'm like you know especially when i do a lot of readings when i do my lives straight after i'll think i'll actually feel a little bit like a not not like a little bit like i can feel the crowns opened I'll feel that, right, that expansion and, and later today I'll definitely have a swim in the ocean just to connect and bring my body back to earth. So to answer your question, Angelica, I think they're complementary. They're complementary. If you sit all day and channel light beings, you will feel just too spacey and at some point you feel overwhelmed with spiritual information that you'll, you'll yearn for earth and barefoot walking and sleeping on the ground and just being outdoors in the the air. Like you'll just yearn for that. Your body will know.
0: Definitely. I'm curious, have you been seeing any patterns or similarities in certain channel messages that you've been having recently with clients?
2: I feel that, yes. And I got this when COVID first started. I said to the angels of the universe, you know, speaking to my guys, I said, what's going to happen on the end of this? And they said, miracles, miracles, miracles. Mm -hmm. That was two years ago right? So we won't see, we'll see miracles and we weren't for two years. And I feel like the consistent message is that there's a lot more awakening happening and a lot more people are ready to step into their soul work. Like there's this absolute, um, y- you know, undeniable feeling within people's bodies. I feel like people are now, what I'm seeing in readings is people are now realizing that they're co-creating their re- reality. From 10 years ago, there was a lot of Where is my life going? What am I doing? What people are now coming to me with? How do I change my mindset? Which is not something people did ten years ago. They wanted the answers. And
1: when will I meet him?
2: Where do I need to stand to meet the guy? You know, it's like that bus stop. You know, that was kind of the flavor of the readings. The consciousness of the planets lifted. So, where the kind of readings I do now, and we read, I guess, to our own vibrations. You attract clients that are ready for these type of readings. So, people are asking me more about how do I connect with my guides? So, I'm getting more readings around spirituality as well. Um, and I always find the first part of the year, it's always a flavor of what's my purpose, where am I going? you know am i am I on track with my own vision? So they're kind of they're kind of the readings that that I get. How about you guys? What are you noticing?
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. I feel like last year, a, a huge thing we were talking about is, everyone's unique gifts coming online. And I think it was more so on the, like recognizing how authentic each of us is and what each of us is really good at. And of course that's like the positive side of it, but I think the shadow side of it was actually doing all the work to release all the ways that we believe that we're not confident in our gifts. And so for us, it felt like a a big clearing as well. And, you know, for this year, what I really see that is like that coming into action. And again, we use astrology as well, more so Vedic astrology. So in April, when we see a lot of these planets changing and finally Saturn getting a breakout of Capricorn energy and going into Aquarius is seeing that a lot of healers and light workers are going to be able to, um, actually bring their offerings to life and speak their truth more and, and bring their confidence now that they kind of harness and recognize those gifts within them, that they'll be able to, yeah, put them into action.
2: Yeah, absolutely. The Capricorn is that truth serum, right? It's the work. It's the, it's the, it gets stubborn needs to come up. And, and I love what you said there Angelica. I feel like I've, I've done a lot of readings where people are really scared of their gifts. Yes. And, um and, and I feel like, you, you know, there's that psychic knowing of how powerful we are you know, and I remember I had a reading in 2014 and and one of my early spiritual mentors said, you're going to write a book. You know, a lot of people are going to read it. You're going to help a lot of women run, you know, speak to large groups. And I was like, what? Like overwhelmed because <laughs> I was in my corporate job. I had no idea yeah. what she was talking about. And I said, what am I going to write about? She said, you're going to write about what you're about to do. And I said, what am I about to do? Right? So <laughs> it's, just, it's just like rabbit hole after rabbit hole. And, and I feel like you know, that's why having a mentor or, or a spiritual teacher or leaning into your astrology is essential because you it's like you're navigating the boat fundamentally yourself. That's the free will at play. That's where the soul growth is. We can't um, abstain our responsibility or give it away to other people to tell us the kind of healers we are. You know, like we can do that for a while in the while you're learning to swim, but after a while the teacher will say, how do you want to work? Who do you want to work with? Why are you doing this? And you have to work on getting yourself ready that you can answer those questions because no one could say to me, Sheila, you're going to be a corporate speaker and, and help people at spirituality. Like that had to bubble up from within me. And um, I had to get there in my own timing. I think we're in a rush as well. You know, when you see everyone else with their new websites and their Instagram lives, don't compare yourself to them. Like just, literally do what you do, you know, in, in my heart, I'm, I'm looking at my work and my visioning for 15 years ahead. I'm like, well, what do I do in the next 15 years? I mean, I've always been able to think long-term and my first career lasted 20 years. Like I left the corporate world as a director. And, and so I, I guess my counselors have a bit more long-term thinking. You'll go further. Yeah. You'll go further and your reach will be deeper uh, because you won't get as lost That's that's one important counsel I give to women starting
1: out. Um, I want to go back to something you said, because I think a big trend in recent years is us giving away our agency or our power. And like you said, just hoping that somebody else will give us the answer or tell us the thing. And I think a big thing when you are connecting with your guides, especially the way that you're describing it is, We have so much personal power and we're really leading the conversation. It's our level of consciousness and our thinking that determines what can even come in. And so what would you share with people who are scared to do that? Maybe even scared of their own knowledge or maybe scared that there are energies or guides at play that might not have their highest interest and what can they do in those situations?
2: Okay. So the first thing I always say is work with a teacher early on. So I had like four or five teachers early on because um, I was just so desperate to channel anything through and I did right so I did I had to get a bit more sovereign with what were the energies and what were the vibrations and sometimes you have to learn the hard way right We get a teacher that can hold space and keep you in a container where you feel like they've gritted it and they're they've holding you in a space where you can open your channel right so that's a good spiritual teacher can do that for you if you if you wanted to be work a bit more independently from a teacher um you need to make sure that you're using invocations and that you're only channel channeling light beings of the light of the light of the light three times we say it of the light and um just know that because human school here we are le- we are here to learn unconditional love and connection to divinity that's what we're here to learn and, and self-love is connected to source. Um, anything opposite that is a lesson. So when you move into fear, you will attract dark energies. And your job is to change a state into gratitude, compassion, empathy. And just changing your state is the highest protection i found. Nothing touches me when I am sovereign, filled with so much self-love and self-knowing, and if you feel like there's some darkness around you or you'd feel like there's an energy and you're like, that's not mine, lean into a healer to get a clearing. You'll need to get clearings. And we don't speak about this. As you go on your path, the teacher will say to you, you need healing, you need clearing. And then you might go to someone that knows how to do that. And then you'll just feel, you'll learn. It's a, it's an iterative learning process where I'll feel that's not my energy and I'll go to a healer. Or now I catch like I'm, I catch it early and I keep my state really high so your job is to keep your state high and the other things we need to look at is you need to look at neurotransmitters this is where we um spirituality meets science you've got to look at neurotransmitters in your brain dopamine oxytocin serotonin hugs exercise um, play laughter these are vibrational states that assist your spiritual state they're not separate so we a lot of spiritual people have their awakening and meditate and get super spiritual, but don't ever get too spiritual. That your state is impacted on Earth. Your so state is your vibration, and your vibration is um one of the one of the markers of how and who you connect to. And if you're low state, you're not going to connect to much that's high, right? And that's why we open as a medium later in life. You've had to clear out all the negative thoughts before you can open as a medium. So when people have a spiritual awakening, it tells me that they've done some work. They've done some work that their vibrations lifted that they can now connect to their guides on a conscious level. That's, that's how I, I know they've done some work. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love that because I feel like every reading I've ever had people tell me I need to play and yeah, <laughs> I can be so serious, but it's just a, such a funny thing. It's like get in that state. And it's something that at the beginning of this journey I would have never thought was a part of this. Like I would have thought it took a lot of discipline and commitment to connect and to keep that higher vibration. But it is such a key component and something we don't talk about because it doesn't really match our the way we, you know, culturally define success, which is the hustle. And we try to apply our method of success to spirituality. And it, it doesn't work. Like you said, it it there's still something that keeps us down and keeps us denser and, and heavier, unless we figure out how to activate those higher vibrations through things like play and laughter. So I love that. Yeah. Amazing. Well, this has been such a fun conversation, Sheila, and I'm looking at our questions and I'm laughing because we, <laughs> we didn't ask hardly any of them. We got way too excited, but these were better and this, this was all perfect. So tell us where we can find your book, um, work with you, any of the things that you're up to, we would love to hear all of it.
2: Yeah, so my book's Brave, Courageously Live Your Truth. You can get it on Amazon, buying the Kindle edition. It's beautiful in pinks. So I think people are enjoying owning yeah, it. Yeah, I love
0: the colour. Yeah, it's beautiful.
2: Yeah, my publisher did a great job. So it's, um, you know, it's a path. I call it the courageous path. It takes you, it's a path that helps you navigate your spiritual awakening so you can work your light work as a soul worker right so it's 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 a pathway program and there's questions and reflections at the back of each chapter you can you can um, reach out to me on sheilav.co if you want to get a reading with me um i have a mentor program and i run my course awakening intuition two three times a year so we're starting our next one this thursday so i'm not sure if the listeners can jump on this one but maybe the next program it's a 10-week foundational course to support you in your awakening and, um, you know, much like you ladies, I just love supporting people at that part of the path just to help them. It's, it's, it's my soul work much like yours.
1: Love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the show and everyone will see you next week on the Soulful Veda show. Thanks. Awesome. We hope you love this episode as much
0: as we did. Seriously, Rachel and I were just be mean after this conversation mainly because when we speak to mediums and light workers they have just this fresh and vibrant energy and we feed off of that energy and so fun so i hope that you are just basking in all of those vibes right now and if you felt transformed and inspired by this conversation please share it with a friend or family member who would benefit too that's how we expand this knowledge that's how we awaken the collective sending one amazing podcast at a time all right, everyone, we will see you next time at the Soulful Video Show.